Welcome back. Another date night episode with Chaz. This is actually going to be the last of the season. Oh. I've decided I'm going to finish this season and then you'll still be on. <laughs> Don't pull a sad face. You'll still be on, but I'm just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. She's leaving me. <laughs> this is our final goodbye. Um, no, I, you know, other podcasts have seasons and I've never understood why they have seasons, but now I kind of understand like the, 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 the theme kind of shifts and I feel like I'm stepping into a a new theme and shift when it comes to my business and my inner world and so I want to reflect that out as well um, but we'll still have these awesome coffee dates and, and chats and stuff. Um, but I wanted to continue the conversation on because we ran out of time last time. At the very end of the last date night episode we were talking about how we went to the gluttonous goat in Kabulcha and got talking to the owner slash barista slash superwoman who runs it, who's an entrepreneur, Gemma, and um, how just being able to openly be willing to socialize slash network, but doing it in a way that is actually enjoyable and just we want to socialize, we ended up actually networking. Um, you know, she ends up – she creates beauty products and I'm a beauty therapist and so I'm actually running out of facial products and so being able to communicate in one slight mention of oh I also did beauty and I make products oh my god really blah 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 the conversation kept going and so Chaz didn't really get to continue on with that conversation and um this is the space to do so yeah, uh, well, I guess the point I was making last time we were talking, I was saying how it's so cool when you go out and you interact with the community and rather than just like going to your store and buying your goods and just having the hello, how are you conversation and it never goes beyond that, but actually having like a genuine connection with um, like a small business owner and creating that networking opportunity allows you to build community. But by doing so, the community is also building around you and you're actually propping yourself up in the community by doing that. Um, and it's really important to do that, especially from a small business perspective, because usually those people who run small businesses, they've done a lot of things in the past and they've probably got maybe a couple other side hustles happening that you um, might have benefit from, but also you might be able to support. And then those connections that come from engrossing yourself in that can just spill out into so many different areas. And all of a sudden, You've got these connections like Ashley does now. She possibly could be um, bringing in a new product line for her beauty store that have like these really awesome, um, cool benefits of being made here in Australia. But also they've got like all of these like different, uh, I guess, chemicals that are like taken out of them that are commonly found in your mainstream um, yeah. beauty, beauty products Which that are quite poisonous for you. And so like now we've got this really cool natural product that's at a pretty pretty good price where Ashley can actually maybe make some profit off these because currently what she's selling is like she makes nil off the top. Mm. Um, and so it's a cheaper option. She'll get to make some money, but it's also such a, a better option, a healthy option. You're supporting local business, local products, and 
yeah, I just, it's such a cool thing that's happening. It's so cool also, and we were talking about this with Gemma today, how it can just come to you. Like for so many years, I was trying to find both natural products that were also at an affordable price. And in the beginning, I sacrificed the natural part so that I could spend less. And then as time went on, I decided, no, I want to stick to this natural organic route and I sacrificed the cost. And now this has come to me and it's it's both at a lower price point and the most amazing natural skincare line. So that's that's really fucking cool. And that wouldn't have happened unless, and it was honestly you, were able to have that conversation. And from a small business perspective and entrepreneurial perspective, that's awesome. But also in terms of personal connection, right? We're so isolated. Those of us that haven't had to move home, we're so isolated from each other. The only way we try to connect is through social media and we don't get the benefits of the connection there. And so being able to go out and try a new coffee place and instead of going to your generic coffee club or you I mean you can go to your generic coffee club but even like going to um, a business where a person has put their heart and soul into it and being able to start up conversations and create real world connections outside of away from our phones is really beautiful and we're sorely missing it yeah it's kind of harder to do with like your bigger coffee clubs but I I also like I take note of when like we used to go to the Stella Rosso down the road um, and I always thought it was so cool when like a customer would like finish their coffee and then they would walk into the kitchen and they'd like give props to the cook or the owner or whoever was back there. And they would have like this one-on-one relationship with whoever owned the store. And I just, I, I always wanted to be that guy. Like there's something about it. I'm like, oh, that was dope. I like, I like watching it. I love seeing it. And um, it's just kind of like you're giving an appreciation, a hats off, but also you, like you could take that a step further. You never know. Like Ashley got asked to have her business cards down at this other coffee shop that we're now going to now. And so like there can also be that like spark and that new relationship built with someone um, locally to you. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think that's such a an awesome interaction to have and a very human experience. And we, like Ashley was saying, don't get too many human experiences like that unless you're someone who actually engrosses themselves into a regular religious practice where you might meet with people at church or, or what a, whatever that, those kind of things might be or you might do some like um, service for the community by giving out food to the poor um, homeless people or, or uh, like whatever other services you might be. But the, I guess the benefit of going to something like a church or um, a, a community place, not necessarily like it's good to give charity, but you're going to meet people that are also like-minded and they're, they're there to actually make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and the human connection, the relationship connection is what's going to actually drive people to want to do things for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking, yeah, we, we were talking about that this morning with the coffee shop owner, um, how like it's, it's nice to actually put a human being in the relationship and have like a, a give and take relationship where you're evenly contributing to each other and you, you have like genuine um, conversations and interactions that you're not actually looking to get anything out of it for yourself, but by just being genuinely you and authentic and like 
wanting to be there and coming as you are, um, you you create this interaction that opens itself for opportunity. Um, and not only that, like, and I, I think I for a long time didn't understand this too, but there's always a possibility in opening up those conversations that it will light up your day. Mm. Like, and it doesn't matter what you talk about. Not only will a connection light you up, but there's like, there's a nugget of info. There's a nugget of possibility in every conversation you have to make your day better or make your life better. There's always something you can learn from those conversations as well. And I think, you know, especially for people who identify as introverted, there's that, there's that fear of, um, having those conversations. And it's just a matter of reframing the, your perspective on that, in my opinion. Yeah. hundred percent. So along the lines of, you know, communication and connection, I actually, and I haven't spoken to Chaz about this yet, but I had a thought yesterday and I was thinking about the girls that I had on my podcast, two in particular, um, pretty early on and just seeing where they are now. So I'm talking about Sammy, who um, was like the fitness girl and Danica, who's um, the girl who did dance. And I loved having them on. I loved having their conversations, but I've just seen them since having the podcast episodes with them just move on to bigger and better things. And I was thinking about, I was like, okay, so what makes them so successful? Like what has made them like pursue further? And yes, it could be like personality, resilience, like they're continually taking action. But I also thought about the fact that they're constantly purposefully putting themselves in situations that not only challenge them, but they're constantly around people that are quote unquote better than them. Like they're always around people who they're willing to learn from. They're willing to humble themselves. And instead of being the teacher also, which they are in their careers, like teaching people and helping people, they're also willing to humble themselves enough to be the learner. And that was something that I thought um, attributed to people's success and that can apply to any area of life if you're if you are willing to put yourself in situations that not only challenge you but you're around people that can um push yourself yeah they can they can put you oh yeah you you can look up to them that's very true yeah inspiration instead of like um being like put off by how br- amazing these other people are, being able to be around that and and learn from that and yeah. No, I agree. I weirdly had this thought of like you transported me back into my high school days back in the day and I, I was kind of thinking like when I was in high school, like I was a bit of like a social floater mm. but I was thinking how most people didn't really stray from their, their uh, close friend groups like they kind of just sat with the same people every single lunchtime and they didn't really branch on out and you might give like a hi to someone walking by you might share a class with but no one was really really ever trying to diversify who they were hanging out with and it's such like a a weird thing that like people do like you want to stay in your niches but like I always was just kind of got bored of like hanging out with the same people and it was not a knock on them Mm. um 
it was just like so interesting to just be like, oh, today I'm going to spend my time with this this group, and mm-hmm. the next day I'm going to spend my time with my basketball group, and mm-hmm. the next day I'm going to like spend a little bit of time with the cool kids and see what they're doing, which I was always disappointed by almost every time as mm-hmm. well. Like it was always so shallow, mm-hmm. but like sometimes it was just fun to like feel like you were around them for a bit as well. So that that's an interesting thing as well. But um, what's so funny is like, I don't think we were very similar at all, but I did that too. And I thought there was something wrong with me because I was like, like I would constantly just hang out with different groups. And like, because everyone was so like in their own groups, I thought that I had to stick to one group, but I felt so uncomfortable doing that. And so I'd constantly be a floater and worry that people would think that like, I didn't like them. Yeah, I weirdly feel like it probably has the opposite effect. I feel like you end up accumulating a lot more people that like you. I, I, I'm 100% sure there were people that did not like me. Um, and of that's course, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Like, who cares? <laughs> but also, like, you're going to have people that, like, you're the complete opposite of the spectrum of them. And, like, usually either you're going to really like each other because you balance each other out and you're going to have, like, some cool complex thoughts and ideas that are different from each other and you'll learn from each other or you're gonna have this like abrasive friction relationship where you just like kind of can't stand each other um and so that's always gonna happen but it's always good to expose yourself to different people and it's funny like um my closest mate nathan like when we go out um, and we're like, if let's say we're having like a, a night out at the at the local tavern, or maybe we're hitting up like a nightclub or something, we always intentionally go out to just meet some weird people, and it's just always fun to like just have like some really really weird conversations with some people you just would not normally associate with, and trying to get like just a little taste of what goes on in their mind. Um, and like, I guess like almost trying to wear their shoes for a moment. Um, it's just so fun, but it also is just going to give you a lot more life perspective. I guess that's the beauty of travel as well. It's something that I don't necessarily have like a strong attraction to. Oh, I do. Yeah. I think we're going to have to just cause you really want to do it. I just, there's a part of me that is, thinks it's going to be quite quite hard and challenging to do with regards to your ability to eat things Mm. and I think that's going to be so difficult to overcome that it like it might just make the whole trip super stressful and then you add like the language barrier and trying to work out oh is this gluten-free lactose-free no spices (laughs) no onion no chili no pepper And like trying to communicate, like yeah, garlic as well. Trying to, which is in everything, and trying to communicate that with someone in a foreign language, and then, yeah, like that's that. I, I just, I immediately just go, ah, like that's one of the one situations in life where I'm like, feel genuine stress and empathy for Ashley. Like when we're at a restaurant. Just one, just one area. Yeah, I'm, one. <laughs> I'm pretty bad with like being compassionate in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, I tend to think of things very logically, but I, I actually get mad when people don't take Ashley's like intolerances seriously. Um, I don't know whether it's also like a, a selfish repercussions because I'm the one that's going to have to deal with her in this agonizing, sick, nauseated, <laughs> on the toilet on the <laughs> <stage>. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> in a one one toilet hotel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's never fun. Uh, um, so yeah. But like simple solution, and I've done it a million times over. You just accommodate for that. Like the places that you book for, you make sure they have a kitchenette. You go to the grocery store. We've done this in Port Douglas. You you cook food. I take food with me in our backpack and I eat throughout the day. And like you just have to release the guilt of enjoying food. Like for instance, if we were in France and you're eating like fucking all this great pasta. <laughs> but yeah, that. but the same reason that you enjoy making connections and having like the community and, and learning from people is the same reason that I want to travel, right? Like not, I mean, I'm a huge history like buff. I am so obsessed with ancient history and just like the idea of being in a place that has so much history to it amazes me. But even in, you know, if you're even able to have conversations with people, just noticing how different the culture is and like giving yourself a bit of a culture shock and getting out of your comfort zone. I like that just appeals to me so much and seeing the beauty of the architecture like we don't have that here Mm. and so that's oh I don't know I'm obsessed with that stuff yeah I guess I haven't really like exhausted all of the like local community challenges that I could possibly have like I I don't know there's just why would I leave yeah (laughs) why would I leave when I've got so much I can still conquer here um but yeah I agree like engrossing yourself in in that kind of culture would be fun and challenging also like I don't know. There's something about architecture I just don't really care about. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, it is impressive. Like, don't get me wrong, it is impressive. But I, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I have, like, it kind of like, if I sink my teeth into something, I want to get obsessive about it. And then that's a whole area that would be, like, really, really large and huge and never-ending. And all of a sudden, I just have, like, this new thing that I'm into that I... Yeah, it seems like another uh, something. That I just there's not enough time in the day for me to like have more things I I want to get into. It's called appreciating the beauty of something. You know, like you appreciate my beauty, but I like doing that also to the Arc de Triomphe <laughs> and and Saint uh, Peter's Basilica. <laughs> I hope you don't do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't love it that much. <laughs> <laughs> lady, next, I worship you. <laughs> I'm that lady on My Strange Addictions who's like married to the roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, let's not make fun of mental illness. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> She's chained herself to the top of the Louvre. But <laughs> well, you want to chain yourself to the top of the Louvre, it's pointy, so. <laughs> but I even think of. Um, I can never remember the name of it, but like the paintings on the roof of... The Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel. Like somebody hand painted that. That would be dope to see. That would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. What would suck is how many people are in the fucking chapel. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's just bumping each other's shoulders. Mm. Everyone's got COVID. Mm. (laughs) But I think that's part of, of like, you know, that's my thing. That doesn't have to be your thing, but... I no, I, I could enjoy it. That's part of like being here I think, on the planet is I think what I'm saying is if you want to do it, you're going to have to be the person that drives it. Yeah. And I, I'm happy to go along with it, but it's just I don't have that like 
intrinsic motivation towards it. Like if you if you push me to go, I'll be like, yeah, let's do it. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not like I don't have that. Yeah, that yeah, need that for my life. Thing, yeah. It's not on my bucket list. But I'm definitely more than open to experiencing it. Mm. Um, but yeah, but speaking of projects, um, I've been doing like, have you have you ever heard of like the you get the bobby pin and you trade up the bobby pin until you get like a house? House, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of idea is what I'm trying to go for with um, building myself a gaming PC. And so I'm trying to spend zero net money. I'm temp- attempting to in um, piecing together this PC. And I've so far I've invested uh, $100 into this build. And I'm not lo- looking to make anything super, super impressive. You just want to play games. Yeah, I want to play games. But I also, um, and I've, I've said this to a few different people now, I kind of think once I build the PC, I probably won't use it that much. And it's more just about this fun game of like trying to build it with a net zero outcome mm. like on on financially and so i i uh, accumulated a hundred dollars worth of different pc parts of this uh i guess it's almost like uh, gumtree or craigslist like facebook marketplace um and so i bought it off this guy and i got all of these parts and i've pulled apart this old school iMac 2009 27-inch computer and I've been selling the pieces out of that and I've been selling all these like different memory sticks from it and uh, an array of different stuff and I've also picked up a couple different components for the build as well so I've got the tower and um, the motherboard and things that are going to go inside it but it's just I am enjoying the process of of trying to get this thing together so much um, without trying to spend a dollar, and I, I don't know, like if if I could like maybe try and do that with some other things, but it would be interesting. Though. Yeah, you should make me something for my birthday. Hmm, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, you'd have to like. It would have to be something that you would actually enjoy making. Yeah, you know? see, that's not really a birthday present for you, but that's a birthday present for me. Well, it's both. <laughs> like, if you found something that I liked, I guess I don't like things like. Yeah, that's a dude. Dudes like things. Girls like. I know. What, what do girls you like? Can make Materials. Me, make me a sewing machine. <laughs> God. And see, like, again, the learning curve on making a sewing machine. I'm just thinking of all the little parts that would, like, be required. Mechanics. Yeah. Mm. You probably want one of those, like, old school vintage ones that, like, take up the size of a small industrial building. Mm. You know what you could do? Oh, it wouldn't be that fun for you, but I was going to say, like, make me, like, a, a little side table or something, but it may not actually be entertaining enough for you. I'll make you one of those, like, spindle things, and you have to, like, power it with your feet, and you're going, like, <laughs> kind of like the one that pricks Sleeping the princesses. Beauty? Yeah. <laughs> <finger>. <laughs> That's funny. It kind of suits you, fun. too. fun, yeah. Because you just never wake up. What? You sleep so much. I don't sleep that much. I sleep an extra half hour to you and you're like, you sleep so much. <laughs> she hates getting up. I, I was actually going to say, yes, I think everybody, most people do, but I was actually going to say <laughs> it helps because I like like fitness and I like riding my bike and so I can ride the spinning wheel while I stitch clothes together for myself. Yeah, it's genius. Why not combine exercise and clothes? Mm. 
as a new entrepreneurial idea? Yeah, well, like I'm sure there's like some weird guy with a big beard and a button up and kind of like a cottony silk shirt that would be more than happy to buy that while out on purchasing his cappuccino on a Saturday morning. What? I was just describing a hipster. Oh, you think it's a hipster idea? Uh, no, a hipster would purchase shirts made from that spindle. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I felt like I wasn't making that big of a stretch then, but I lost you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, easy to lose me. Um, I, so the other thing I, we were talking about this morning, and it was a really fun experience I got to have this week, was with um, my gel class, I was kind of walking them through some uh, various questions into... I guess answering the question, who are we or what makes us us or what makes you unique or your person, like who are you, your personality, what makes you you was the question I wanted to answer with my class. I'll tell you. Okay. It's where the moon was in relation to the stars when you were born. <laughs> 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 continue, sorry, continue. I now want to shoot myself. <laughs> I love that stuff, but anyway, continue. Yeah, I know you love that stuff. No, fair enough. Uh, I don't love that stuff. I, I love that stuff maybe 3%, and then the rest of the 97%, I'm constantly questioning that stuff with a fine tooth comb. Well, can I, can I just say, I'm going to butt in there, but um, it's all... Yeah, it is how much you want to use logic as well, I suppose. But sometimes they they do say stuff and it's just like a, a bit of self-reflection, right? So like, for example, the moon was in Aquarius when I was born. And so <laughs> the idea, Jess is making a face at me. <laughs> and so Aquarius is like, it's very much like you, like electric, flowing, can be pretty like, energetic feisty and so like on a, on a good day mm. but on a bad day it can be like you're you're caught up in your emotions and you're also like like you get electric buzz and so that's something I like using that stuff as a way to reflect on myself and using it as a bit of a self-awareness like do I actually do I do that at all and there's going to be some things that apply to you yes there's going to be some things that apply to, that don't apply to you but where you were going with this no, hold on. I, let's wind it back a bit because I want to. I want to kind of just play around you with this tear for a me second. Apart. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's immediately like here comes the criticism. <laughs> well, do you know it's actually rooted in like, and the reason I love it is because it's rooted in ancient history, like the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Egyptians, all. Yeah, it's all related to that. See, I think, and I could be completely wrong here, but I weirdly feel like that form of astrology was made up by just like some magazine that wanted to like capture a whole bunch of teenage girls and women and convince them of this like weird paradox in which they can explain meaning to their lives like I, and it was like just a huge marketing ploy to flip more magazines well, yes. i don't know i i would have to do more research into it but i just well yeah it, it it for sure and that but that's like anything it can be used as a tool to make money and it can be completely disconnected from its actual roots and its actual like 
purpose or intention in the first place. And even its intention in the first place could have been to like, like rot people and rip people off. But it's also like what you take from it. Like it, it, like I said, you know, I can use it as a self-awareness tool and I really enjoy that. Yeah, the way the way you use like your oracle cards and your um I guess like what is it called astrology? That what? is called astrology. Astrology. You kind of use it to set up an intention for the day. So mm. you like you'll pull a card and you'll be like, "Oh, today's about like being open to new opportunities." And you'll literally be like, "Today I need to be more open for things." And not mm. like it's not because the card's saying it that you believe you need to be open for things. It's just like, "Oh, couldn't hurt if I was more open about things, so yeah. why not give it a crack? Um, and so in that in that circumstance, it's a cool way of like trying to have new challenges for your day and you kind of use it for like... A focus. A, a focus and a goal-setting tool, which is a great way of going about it. Where I think most people use these things for is they... They were just like, oh, that's totally me. I definitely feel like that. That's my life and my experience. And I, they talk about it like it's like actually real. Like the cards dictate their entire life. The cards dictate their, their existence. They're actually oracle cards. And that just makes me want to eat my own fist. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when so- I yeah, yeah. I immediately have that that twist in my stomach, like someone just stabbed me. Mm. Um, I can see it as a tool uh, that people can use it to redirect their lives to. Like, especially if you're going through a hard time, and you know you you need a bit of redirection or a bit of support, and they can help you come closer to who you are. I suppose. Yeah, it's it's a it's 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 a it's a religion in a box. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose like you know, there's not too much of a difference between a religion in a box and a religion in a book. I think religion is spirituality in a box. It's rules around spirituality. Yeah, it's just like, but like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, you don't want to get into it too much. No, it's not that I don't want to get into it. It's just. I always find it interesting how there's always like these new kind of oh I guess I find most people who are quite spiritual haven't yet given the mainstream ideologies of thought much of a crack either and so it's like you're carving your own path which like there's nothing wrong with carving your own path but there is like a wealth, a huge wealth of like awesome, awesome, awesome wisdom in the Bible that you could probably pull from um, and like that would give you a really good base to start from. Or maybe it's like an awesome, awesome uh, starting point in like learning Taoism or something like that. Like there's there's these... But that's spirituality. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like people start from like a blank slate and they kind of just guess their way through it by pulling from these like like for instance like oracle cards or astrology the amount of content actually on there is very very small mm-hmm. and so you're you kind of just pull whatever you, you kind of want from it um and slowly create your own like religious ethos mm. but the foundations aren't very strong because you haven't like done a huge breadth of work over it. Whereas like people have literally put 
thousands of thousands of years into these um, larger religions that that would give you like a more solid foundation. And I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting people not like make up their own minds. I'm just saying, why not start from a really strong base and then build your direction wherever you want to take it from there? Mm. Um, like, and I'm kind of like a pusher of like, if you want to be religious, I feel like all religions have some kind of value you could take from them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just like dive into all of them? Yeah. And just like, and but, but you're but, the opposite. No, I'm I'm saying actually dive into all of them with with a a true purpose, not just like a I'm gonna Google a scripture, read that small scripture, and then add that to my little library. Like, read the Bible from front to back, or read the Quran from front to back, and just like look at the differences between them and, and find the and the similarities. Although people probably want to murder me for saying like this similarities well, between I but this I said it I'll <laughs> take that uh, but people like um there and there are like some similarities with like a lot of them have like Jesus pops in and out of different mm. different books it's funny how um different religions recognize like a person like that or or him himself a teacher it's always a teacher there's always a teacher um but yeah i i don't know like i just think it's um it's a it's a weird place to start from if you're starting your uh, spiritual journey and then forming a basis on it from like an astrology text from a magazine. Not that Ashley does this. I just like people in general. I, the reason I, I would, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. So like I, my counter argument is that if you aren't resonating with certain religions, when you start diving into them, the beauty of being able to look at multiple different ones is like the more things that you try the more likely you're open to finding something that you resonate with a bit more that you're willing to dive into if that makes sense so you know it's a bit like a diversity of culture a diversity of spirituality and religion and being able to take from it what you will that's how i see it yeah it's but and i guess um, i guess i i i don't like the idea of I understand like studying, like committing yourself to studying certain religions. First of all, I like doing many different things at many times. So I would get distracted. <laughs> That's probably why I like lots of little things. But I don't like the idea of boxing myself into one aspect or like one um, stream. Like yeah, but you could, you could literally have several different books on the go at one time. Like you could like jump. Oh, I do. No, you definitely do with like mindset. I'm not, and I'm not pointing this out to like to say you in particular because mm-hmm. like yeah, the amount of the amount of books you've read is insane. Um well, all partially read. Yeah, <laughs> some of them you Yeah, but exactly, you've got a couple books on the go. And so some people like are better suited to reading like that. Mm-hmm. Um I guess uh, the perfect way to describe what I'm talking about is people are literally like TikToking their way through spirituality. Mm. Like they're just getting like these small increments of bite size, mm. um, bite size digestible um, pieces of it and not actually getting the, f- the full round picture or scope. Mm. Uh, and like everyone's leaning more and more and more to trying to find like your, your quick hitters. Mm. It's, it's scary in a way because we're just losing discipline through 
the way social media is like slowly controlling culture and the way we like want to actually interact with ideas. Like if it's not hard and fast, it's not worth your time, Mm -hmm. which is the complete opposite to the actual truth. Well, eventually, and my hope is that people will realize this, is eventually you realize that that doesn't work for you. Like that's not satisfying eventually you're you're doing this so often looking for those quick fixes looking for the quick answers even like in astrology tell me who i am tell me what i'm supposed to do if you're constantly looking for that it's it's actually not going to fulfill you because even if you take action on that it might not work out but if you know who you are then like nothing outside of you can can control that and you don't feel the need to look for all these quick fixes mm. and so back to what i was saying with um my little thought experiment I had with my class. So the question I asked the kids was like, are you, um, oh, well, what, what is you? Who, who is you? What makes you you? Um, and my first question was, um, are you your thoughts? And so I kind of had like a mixed response, but most people said, no, I'm not my, my thoughts. Like the, my thoughts aren't me, um, which I thought was cool. And that's kind of what I was leaning towards. And so my next questions was, well, if you're not your thoughts, then what is the voice inside your head? Is the voice inside your head you? And they were like, well, yeah, I guess the voice inside my head is me. And I was like, do you have control over the voice inside your head? And they were like, yep, like effectively I do. And so if you do have control over the voice inside your head, does the voice inside your head have control over your thoughts? And they're all like, yeah, sort of. And I would also agree with that from my experience. You can normally guide your thoughts by having um, willpower over the voice inside your head. But it's also interesting. I was like, so what would you label the voice inside your head? What do you call that? And because it's it's kind of like it's its own thing, right? Like the voice inside your head, it, it like it's you, but it's not really you mm. at the same time. It's a part of you. It's a part of you. And so that voice inside your head, that voice inside your head communicates with something, yeah? Mm. Would you would you agree? Like, commu- what do you mean? Like communicates with you? Like if you went in this room right now and I was thinking to myself, who am I thinking to? Yourself. But who is that? Oh, no, this is that what is a woman thing. no but it's a really interesting thought because i could go in i could go into that so and and so i asked them i was like so that voice inside your head if we had a word to describe that what would that be and they they couldn't get it and then so i was like that voice in your head is what we call your ego right your ego is that voice in your head and that voice in your head talks to yourself your that voice can also control your thoughts and your thoughts can control how you feel. Mm. I asked them, can you control, like, are you how you feel? Is you how you feel? Mm. They said no, right? So you're not how you feel. You're not your thoughts. But you can control your thoughts with the way you communicate yourself, Mm-hmm. right so i was like what what is you like what what are, how what makes you what you? are you yeah <laughs> i'm giving i'm giving them a complex they have like a mental breakdown <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't it really really interesting thought process to get well i, I found it. it was super interesting like i was like kids were engaging in and, and i was losing them and they were coming back and they were, some of them were really thinking about it some of them weren't um 
But so I asked them, so how do you start having a better relationship with that voice that communicates with that yourself in your mind, right? So or let's just call that like the thing that your ego talks to is you. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't know. No one really knows the answer to that. You might call it your soul, your spirit, whatever, your consciousness. Okay, so that your ego talks to yourself, which then therefore dictates your thoughts. How do you foster a better relationship with the voice that talks to your consciousness or your yourself? And um, they were like, oh, it took a while. Like I, I was like literally like, oh, what's the term when you're like grinding something out, like squeezing blood out of a rock or something? I don't know. What's that term? Oh, like... Is it sweat? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was going to nail a line then, but making no, I was going to say making a mountain out of a molehill, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I think. I think that's right. <laughs> but anyway, like I, I was, I was probing them into like trying to answer this question, and one of the kids said, "Well, meditation," and I was like, "Yeah, meditation would be a cool way and like learning how to control the voice that talks to yourself." And I, I kind of came back with, yeah, it's it's probably a way of quieting that voice, right? And so when we meditate, we try and silence the voice that continually talks to ourselves. Or just not attaching to the voice and what they're saying. Correct, yeah. Mm. Um, and, then, and then normally you end up having like your thoughts, right, kind of come to the foreground. But it's interesting that your voice, the ego, can control the thoughts. But at the same time, if you quieten that voice, you can weirdly somehow still dictate your um the where where your thoughts go without the ego necessarily being in the foreground mm-hmm. um so that's a weird one to talk about but i, I didn't go down that road with the kids because i was like it just it's gets complex. too muddy yeah. um and so i was like what else what else can um help you control the 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 thoughts you're having and have a p- more positive relationship with the thoughts talking to yourself and another kid said oh what about yoga and i was like yeah like yoga could be another like still on the long lines of like kind of like a meditation Meditation. kind of like calm setting um and another another kid kind of said like just um like challenging yourself and i was like yeah cool so like challenge yourself would be a good one and another kid said exercise and i was like bing like that's the answer I was looking for. I was like, exercise is a great way to do it. Why is exercise a great way to do it? What about exercise allows you to have a relationship with the thoughts in your head that makes you more resilient and therefore dictate your thoughts with um, purpose? Mm-hmm. And so they say, well, when you finish exercise, you you have a sense of satisfaction that you completed something hard. And I was like, you're right, you do feel like that. But does that build like a better relationship with the voice in your head? And they're like, well, you got hormones that released and they're just kind of repeating stuff I've spoken to them about in the past. Hormones are released that make you feel better. Um, and so therefore your your voice will in your head will kind of be more calmer. And I was like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But how about we think about what happens during exercise? Let's let's say I'm put you in a scenario. We're going on a 4K run. If I said to all of you right now in the classroom, we're getting up, we're going outside, and we're going for a 4K run, what is your immediate reaction right now? And 
they all go, uh, um, they all go, ew, kind of thing. <laughs> and I was like, all of you in this room would be sucking and complaining and <laughs> whining and saying how much you don't want to do this run. And everyone in this room would be finding 10 million excuses why Mr. H is the worst person ever and we're not doing this run. Am I right? And they're like, yes. Okay. And let's say I made you do that run. What is that voice saying the whole time you're running? And they're like, stop. And I was like, exactly. So if you can make yourself continue running, even though that voice is telling you to stop, then overcoming that voice allows you to have better control over that voice. And therefore, you're going to be able to dictate how it speaks to yourself and control your, how you feel and your thoughts. Mm. And so through exercise, you, be, you can become a master of your mind. And it's, so, it's such a cool like, um, like aspect to life because people try and like disconnect the mental with the physical, but you don't get a strong mind without a strong body. They have to be together. We're physical beings, mm. right? Well, it's, it's kind of like what I said earlier is, um, not in the podcast, outside of it, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I said that in terms of exercise for myself as well. When I first started, and even sometimes when I've taken some time off, not only do I notice the voice in my head going, stop, it's also like, I can't do this. Or if I set out to do 10 push-ups, it's like, I can't do 10, but I can probably do eight and I'll stop around the eight mark when really my body could have kept going to the 10. And so when I, as I've learned, you know, in through meditation and, and time and practice, being able to distinguish like, what I can actually do versus what my mind says I can do. Not only have I become like, you know, more resilient in exercise realm, but that's also applied to other areas of my life too. A hundred percent. Exactly. But people don't often consciously think of that connection of like they're actually hardening their mind and and instilling this resilience right? And we, we use the word resilience, but we don't actually think about exactly what that means. A resilient person has a really, really strong capability of, oh, sorry, of control over their thoughts and the way their thoughts talk to themselves in, in tough moments, right? Mm. And so your, your ability to bounce back is how you can communicate yourself and convince yourself that it's, it's all going to be okay and you're going to persevere. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's that whole like, you fall down and it's it's okay like resilience isn't just like consistently going oh i'm falling and i'll be fine it's you you might crumble but the point is that you get back up that's resilience that's grit mm. Mm. yeah yeah uh i think it'd be a good spot to stop here yeah i agree i agree i feel like there was Something else is going to say along those lines, but it's not really important. I think I was just going to call back to, um, and I won't go into it too much, but you were talking about like, you know, what, what is the self, right? Mm. Carl Jung, who came up the same time as Freud, I believe, but they went in two different directions when it came to psychology. He talks about the aspects of human. So there's the self, which is like the conscious and unconscious mm. um, like beliefs. Yeah. And then there's the animus, which is the shadow, which is the parts of ourselves that we've rejected or we hide out of safety. And then the ego is like the mask that protects the shadow. So like we, 
clearly for thousands of hundreds of years we've tried to figure out what the self is and uh we keep coming back to like not really sure what that is yeah well you end up in this weird place where you're like okay i can talk to myself and i'm the voice is talking to something but what is that something do i have multiple voices in my head am i schizophrenic (laughs) yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you and I think everyone has a healthy dose of schizophrenia, right? Yeah. It's just how much does the other voice talk? And if you've got multiple egos, that's schizophrenia, right? They're all communicating to each other. But you can most certainly have a conversation with yourself and have like complex thought and and even like have a debate with yourself and and master complex ideas. It's just I guess like what is that other thing that you're always communicating with? Maybe some people might even say that is God or maybe that's the Holy Spirit, the Bible might say. Mm. I, like, I don't know. Like, that's it, a really interesting thought process mm. to go down. Um, yeah. And I think I want to think about it a lot more now. Me too. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a calling for you listening to just like observe yourself today. Observe, yeah, observe your thoughts, but observe that other part of you too. Mm. Like, and just notice and see what see what they do so uh i guess we can leave with uh are you how you feel i think the answer is no Mm. Mm -hmm. and i think when you realize that too not only do you have a better relationship with yourself but you have a better relationship to emotions right you understand that you are not your emotions so emotions aren't actually that scary and they're not going to stick around forever this too shall pass and uh to leave with what the kids said. How you respond is who you are. Mm. That's what the kids came came to um, the conclusion of, which I thought was really cool. And I would have said, like, your actions are who you are um, and, or kind of dictate who you are, at least to other people, maybe not to yourself, right? But how do you, how, how you bring yourself and respond to situations in a way is a reflection of who you are, that voice that you're always talking to, that, that thing whatever that thing is that wants to, that is you. Mm-hmm. you. I I think, okay, I'm going to keep you on for a minute. <laughs> we're, but, we're never ending this podcast. Just on you. Yeah, but in, in saying that too, you can you can respond to a situation in, in certain ways sometimes and in certain ways another time. Like, you know, I guess it comes back to the idea like you're not one-dimensional too. Don't box yourself in when it comes to, you know, trying to figure out who you are. You're multidimensional, you're multifaceted. There's many different parts of you. Yeah. How do you box something in that you don't even know what it is? How do you box <gasps> something in that isn't physical? <gasps> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We can stop that there. I'll stop talking. (laughs) We'll think about this in our own time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you so, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let me know. I would love to hear what you liked, what you'd want us to explore. And also, if you are willing to, giving the podcast episode a rating and or a review, depending on uh, what platform you're listening on. We will see you next time. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's my new outro.